Bounce Ballerinas. I'm your host, Georgia Dostal, and this is the Bounce Ballerinas podcast. This is the podcast where we chat mindset, self-development, the power of movement, nutrition, small business, goal setting, and of course, the power of ballet, and most importantly, finding there's the key word, balance within this beautiful art form. Most episodes contain a behind the scenes into my life, running two businesses, GC Dance for school-age students and Balance Ballerinas for adult ballet students. I've interviewed some pretty cool people along the way, so make sure if you're new around here, you head back to previous conversations. I really believe these kinds of conversations help you strive for that balance between grit and grace that the magic of a regular ballet practice can bring to our daily lives. Every fortnight, this podcast is brought to you by BB Academy, which is my in-person adult ballet classes and online courses. All links to those can be found in the show notes below. And let's get stuck into it. So Nicholas Aid is originally from Los Angeles, California, and trained extensively with San Francisco Ballet School and the University of North Carolina School of the Arts before dancing with the Pacific Northwest Ballet, PNB, from 1996 to 2006. Nicholas joined Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet as a school principal in 2012, and in November 2014, he was appointed Chief Executive Officer of Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet. On a personal note, I found Nicholas incredibly warm and you'll hear just how passionate he is about the next generation of dancers. His students are so fortunate and I really loved our discussion. Speaking of, we discuss Nicholas's own ballet journey as a young male dancer We also discuss the stigma that surrounds male ballet dancers and how CPYB are combating that. We talk about why athletes and, in quotation marks, manly sports are attracted to the benefits of ballet training. And towards the end, if you stick around, I air my own concerns about the concept of male students receiving a free ride a lot of the time in the ballet world. It will be no surprise to the listeners that I'm not afraid to put on my feminist hat and challenge the inequality that sometimes sneaks through in these circumstances. But as always, sit back with a cup of tea or I hope I'm making your car ride a little bit more interesting and enjoy my conversation with the lovely, truly lovely Nicholas. Welcome to the Balanced Ballerinas podcast, Nicholas. So great to have you here. Thank you for having me. We're going to dive straight in. I would love you to start, and I think this is going to be really important for the conversation that we're about to have, um, about your own ballet journey as a young male ballet dancer. Did you start even in ballet? I did. Um, I fell in love with ballet um, uh, after I saw a performance. But prior to that, um, I started uh, started training in ballet because my sister was at the studio while I was waiting for her to be able to, you know, I was done with my baseball practices and I was waiting for her to get done. And, you know, um, our teacher, uh, Helen Clark, you know, at the time was, you know, trying to fix her, fix her arm or something. And I said, can you just fix this so we can go? And, uh, and uh, Helen said, um, you know, you, you can, correct her but you, you got to do the class next time and so I said okay I'll, I'll do the class and in, in a little bit of defiance and and I tried the class and it was harder than anything I had ever done before in my life and I really loved the challenge 
Um, and she made me fall in love with hard work and the art of ballet. Um, and so I saw um, a performance of American Ballet Theater's uh, Swan Lake, and that just made me completely fall in love with ballet. And so I was the only boy at my studio growing up. And, um, you know, once I realized that I needed to be able to, um, you know, have more in my training with other men, you know, in class um, and learn partnering and things like that, um, uh, I was uh, told uh, that I should, I should, you know, I needed to move away from home and actually, you know, focus on my training if this is what I wanted to be as my career. And so I moved away from home um, at 15 years old uh, to attend uh, North Carolina School of the Arts and then went to uh, San Francisco Ballet School. And so did met... you, sorry, I was just going to say mm -hmm. for, for people's perspective, um, a lot of people don't know how pre-professional uh, um, uh, environments work. You go from being, especially as a male dancer, the only boy in your studio Yes. So all of a sudden, how many were in your cohort? So I was um, I was part of a group of about 15, 15 wow. guys. And so <laughs> that opened my eyes and I finally felt, you know, the only way that I can describe it is I'm with my people. You know, I felt I felt a part of of something that was bigger than me because that's what I had been longing for and wanting to understand. And so I was a part of a group of of boys that were you know, on their own individual boys from different studios. And we, that's what made us really gel as a, as a, as a group um, was that we finally found, you know, our joy in being able to, you know, uh, train together. And um, it really added to the camaraderie and um, it just allowed us to, to push each other. You know, and I, I would admire, you know, certain things that other other people were doing and, and other advanced boys were doing. So I wanted to to get better. So it made me better knowing that people were better than me and I could see what I was trying to um, trying to work towards. Yeah, I think camaraderie is the key word there. I mean, we've got we're fortunate to have quite a few little boys at my dance studio. And mm -hmm. um, there's one particular class where there's three of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> boys in the class like the three musketeers and boys will be boys they are like I have to say it they're different to the girls the girls put their body conditioning yoga mats out and they're sitting there patiently ready for class and my boys will be smacking each other with the yoga mats like swords but they're yes. having a ball I can't even get angry at them do you know what I mean like they're just yeah. Boys will be boys, but I love it because they've got that camaraderie with each other, you know. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's what, uh, you know, I've always loved is that even here and kind of flipping to the end of end of my 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 path, being at Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, um, I love that different energy that they bring and especially the young boys bring because we teach them so much about, you know, um, this is special. What you're learning is very special. So you can have the fun, be, you know, be yourself. But at the same time, we also learn how to be gentlemen. We learn responsibility. We learn, you know, the, the responsibility of being a good partner. Um, all of those things, those are important things so that it teaches you, yes, have as much fun as you want to, but when it's time to work, Mm. It's time to work. And you take that just as seriously as you do. Okay, I, I want to have some fun too. Yeah. 
So going into the conversation that we're about to have today, let's start with what you believe is the stigma that surrounds male ballet dancers. Um, So I think there's a stigma that um, it's light, it's trite, it's not serious, and it's not physical. Um, And to me, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, is that even when I started ballet, people thought, well, what are you doing that for? You know, that's, that's, that's something that girls do. And that's, uh, it's fairy tales. It's, it's, you know, it's trite. And one of those things that, um, that I wanted people to realize was that, no, this is physical hard work. We just have to make it look easy. And um, the thing about it was, was that it actually made everything that I did when I first started training at ballet, in ballet, was it made everything else that people thought was difficult easier. Mm. So I I was a big, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, I was a big sports kid, um, particularly baseball. Um, You know, once people saw that I was improving so much in my, in my sports, and he said, how did you improve that much? It's the ballet. It's the so ballet funny. We have parents at the studio who their children have been doing ballet for such a long time. And then they sort of get to that, you know, that 9, 10, 11, 12, and they just become really good at everything at school. Mm-hmm. And the problem, like physicality-wise, like with sport. And the problem with that is that the schools then want them to represent the yep. school at a million different sports and they keep mm-hmm. it's really probably overly busy with that yeah. and we I have to have conversations with the parents saying well you know why she's so good at all of that it's not necessarily because she is naturally talented it's because the ballet skills have yes. set her up with this beautiful coordination and mm-hmm. or him to be able to then go forth and apply that to all the sporting activities that are available Mm. yeah and that that's the one of the things that um you know once I realized that it my my ballet experience and my ballet journey made me better at so many other things that's what like puts a fire in my heart all the time is that you know um and it's it, it is especially with the boys um because I've experienced that was my experience as well but it's with all of the students is that, you know, I'm an extremely competitive person, um, almost to to a fault. Um, but it made me concentrate on not just, not just the thought of, of winning, but just the thought of being your best. I just want to be my best. And, and if I can translate that and turn it into something and help, um, someone, whether they choose a career in ballet or not to just be your best. That's that's really what I find um, beautiful in ballet. Um, beyond uh, a performance, beyond you know, just obviously the the beautiful art form that it is. It transcends that and becomes something that is um, that affects humanity. Uh, yeah. And and I, I like that a lot because I've seen um, many boys come along through through their journey along with myself. And say, I never thought that I would be in this place. I never thought that I would see the places that I saw because of ballet. I never thought that I would be able to to see, uh, you know, Scotland 
or Paris, but I got to see those things, not necessarily just because I went on vacation, but my ballet career took me there. You know, we were able to go on tour. So I was, I was influenced by culture. I was influenced by architecture. I was influenced by so many different things that ballet opens those doors so that you can become a better person and a more, um, uh, a more worldly person, which to me means that you can understand so many more things and perspectives and it, op- it broadens your horizons um, and what's available to you. Coming back a little bit to sport, why are athletes, and let's just put in quotation marks because this is a podcast, manly sports, um, why are they attracted to the benefits of ballet training? And why are they so surprised when they start and they go, oh, my gosh, this is so hard, but I see benefits here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they're surprised. Um, you know, it might be a generational thing. Um, for me, in my generation, it was seen more as, you know, that's something that's more feminine. Um, and so to to outsiders, I believe that, you know, in from my generation, people thought, well, feminine is equated to you know, less strong. And it's, it's, you know, it's quite the opposite. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I think that's why, you know, for some people, it's, it's, it's a surprise. But really, the benefit is, is something that they are surprised by it. But once they realize exactly how sensitive and in tune with your body, you really need to be, that's when they see the benefit because it's Mm. yeah it's easy to go um for example it's easy to go into a into a weight room as a football player or uh, an american football player um uh, as an american football player it's easier easier to go into a weight room and just get stronger you just push 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 you know to be able to have that that strength but the agility and the speed mixed with the strength, mixed with the range of motion that you need from ballet, well, then you've got a perfect combination. And that's what ballet gives you. It gives you the control of that range of motion. And once they're able to realize that in the more manly sports, then they they're, they feel more enlightened to be able to say, oh, okay, this can really help. Um, and that's where, you know, I, I feel like if people would understand that from the beginning and understand that ballet is so much more physical than it looks like, you know, you, you, you've got the keys to success right there. Definitely. Um, your key words there were, you said they become more in tune with their bodies, mm-hmm. um, the, which is exactly the way I sort of explain it to people. Um, Cause I, I've taught a few athletes and I've worked with boxers and, um, tennis players and and um, ex-Olympians and current Olympians. And, and the way I explain it is that ballet creates this really beautiful symmetry within our bodies. Yes, and if you're, if you're like a tennis player, you're, mm-hmm. you're predominantly using one arm. And it's funny when you start looking at athletes' bodies, they're very, they're not very symmetrical because they've got a lot of muscle build up on, especially boxers on one side of the body, whichever one they're, you know, um, with with the you can tell I'm a sports person hey not at all um, with the punching yeah. <laughs> um, and so what ballet does when I see athletes that cross train with ballet I see a more balanced body do you do you find that too 
Yes. And the, the most beautiful thing about that, that also works for ballet. Yeah. Because um, I feel like, and, and I might be wrong in this and, um, but I, I, from my own personal experience, I felt like um, when I was growing up and, and dancing and everything, the, what I always heard was to become better at ballet, do more ballet. Yeah. But once I started cross training into a little bit more like, you know, some weightlifting, some resistance training, some, you know, cardio conditioning, um, all of those things, it made my ballet better. So I think if people would kind of absorb and um, understand that a little bit of a mix of everything is good, um, can make you better. It, it goes for ballet towards cross training and then sports into you know, ballet or cross training as well. It, it, it works both ways. So we can, we can become elite at whatever we choose to do if we accept and have an open mind towards what the other benefits could be. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, so on that note, what is Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet doing to break down the stigma against male dancers? And what, what is the program that you guys are really proud of at the moment? Um, so we have a, a first of its kind scholarship um, that started with my very first day 10 years ago um, with our founder, Marcia Dale Weary. Um, she's uh, unfortunately since passed, but the, my very first day on the job, um, she came up to me and she just walked in, looked in the office and she said, we need more boys. And I said, okay. <laughs> and she walked out and um, we took a year to build the, uh, the male scholarship program. And it's a two year male scholarship program where the idea is we remove every barrier that is possible um, for you to be able to receive the training that you need to fulfill your potential. What barriers? And, um, those barriers are uh, mainly financial. Um, there are um, issues with housing. There are issues with weight training. There are issues with um, being able to essentially have the right type of training and acknowledging that these boys need, um, they need their, their technique classes and they need to strengthen their technique, but they also have a different path. And mm -hmm. part of that different path are breaking down and really learning your essential, you know, fundamental male technique things, double tours, Entrechassises, double soda bosques, double assemblées, you know, those, and, and, and then also you mix in with that, the partnering, you know, and it's not just about brute strength. It's really about being able to become a true, um, the way that I, I phrase it is a, a true professional gentleman as a partner. And that is understanding how to be able to be a sensitive partner with your hands, how to communicate with your partner how to be able to uh, talk through some some difficult, you know, things when things aren't going well to be that communicator so that you can have your partner completely feel calm and taken care of. Um, and so those are the things that we work on um, a lot. But it's it's through the, the scholarship that we teach all of those things. So it starts with the we remove the financial barriers. And then once you're here we remove the other barriers of being able to, um, you know, fulfill your potential. 
Just, um, it wasn't really on my list of questions, but just as you were talking then about partnering and communication and are you, especially in the world we currently live in, you know, um, are you finding any challenges there in regards to uh, permission with touch and are we approaching this very differently nowadays or what What do you think, how, how's, um, how's that looking? Yeah, to be honest, um, I find that um, when, because we start partnering uh, very early at our school, um, when you start it early, you, you build that trust so that it's not necessarily, um, you know, permission to touch or anything like that in terms of uh, how, how we, or or, or our concerns, I should say. It's really that you teach them uh, about respect you teach them about, you know, when you walk in, when we walk in the room, you know, she's the most important thing right now. And so it's, she is your responsibility. So <laughs> you don't let anything happen on your watch. And because of, of that, <laughs> what is that? That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> don't break her. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, yeah, it is a lot of pressure, but that's the thing is that what I find is the energy that you were talking about with the boys, you know, with their yoga mats and playing, you know, yeah. with them like as swords, they also at the same time prioritize like, okay, I'm up for the challenge. Yeah. And if you allow them to have that responsibility and nothing's perfect at any point, but you just, it's, it's a teachable moment where you, you talk about the responsibility you talk about, you know, not let anything happening, you know, while you're responsible for them and things like that that we we don't run into a typical issues as far as you know permission to touch or anything like that because the trust has been established yeah why do i have running through my brain that quote in center stage where he's like falling over and she like falls out of his hands and he's like you break it you bought it <laughs> oh <really? laughs> yeah it is one of those things that we're all we're always there right behind them and everything but it, it is it is funny because you do get some boys who are like and it's like no 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 that that's that's on you you gotta you gotta make sure that doesn't happen and and um you know we find a great balance and that's what I absolutely feel so passionate and love about Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet is that we really have that balance of we love these kids I mean at the end of the day like I truly find so much pleasure in teaching these kids but you you mix the the love and the the humor and all of those things with the discipline with the understanding that this is important what we do is important and when you do that to and you teach that and instill that in young men um as i said it doesn't matter if they dance or not they will take those things and those life lessons and take them you know and and run with them and and it becomes who they are and for me, that's the most beautiful thing that ballet has given me is I I love these kids. I love my family. I love what I do. But what it has given to me is much more than I could ever give back. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's why, you know, men in ballet are, are you know, are important, but it's it's a true passion of mine to to pass that on. It's my responsibility to pass that on. It's given me so much. I I I really feel like you know there are people out there that could benefit from that. 
That's beautiful. You've phrased it beautifully. I mean, I'm constantly saying that to people. It doesn't matter if you're studying ballet to be a professional dancer or because you just simply love it. The amount of benefits that it'll bring to just your daily life. And I love the way you're phrasing it in regards to males who study ballet and their respect for women and their respect for you know, um, the activity that they're doing and how that they can, if they decide, I don't want to be a dancer, how they can go into the world as as a more optimised human being from their ballet training. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is great. I have a bit of a, it's not really a question. I don't know if we can even answer this together. I don't think, I don't even know if, I mean, I don't know. I'm just sort of, Thinking about my time when I was a pre-professional student at Aussie Ballet School and there was 15 girls and 15 boys and Mm -hmm. with the 15 15 girls, we were all so driven. We wanted to be there 150%. Like we were all in. And I remember with the boys, a lot of them were taken because they were simply a boy. Right. (laughs) So you know how you were saying that your director was like, we need more boys. The amount of times that I've been in uh, meetings with pre-professional directors of of schools and they go to the studio owners like myself, we just need more boys. We need more boys. We don't care how they come in. We'll take them. Mm -hmm. And I remember as a young dancer feeling really (laughs) annoyed by the fact that there were some boys in my cohort who just didn't really, it's not that they didn't want to be there, but they weren't very driven. Mm -hmm. One thing that I sort of battle a little bit with in my own head is I think scholarships are great. I think breaking down those barriers are awesome for, for students who really require them. But there's the feminist inside me that goes, is that a good thing, giving the boys a free ride? Um, is that just another leg up for the male population as the females have to work really, really hard and don't get, yeah, I know it's a hard question to answer. I thought we should just sort of like discuss. No, let's dive into it. Let's do yeah, it. Let's you know what it. I mean? Like, so, yeah. So the way that I saw it was when, um, Marcia said, we need more boys. We, we had the male scholarship program. We went from four boys in 2012 to 54 boys in 2019. But one of the things that we did, and I'm so glad you brought this up because one of the things that we did is in 2017, we created the female scholarship. And that's what I was going to (laughs) ask. Do you have the equivalent for the female side? We do. Yep, we did. We do. Because we needed to get, we needed to get to a point where the, the girls benefited from having more boys because we could do certain ballets. We could do more expansive ballets. We could broaden our horizons with the repertoire. But right. then at at, a, at, a, at the same time, we needed to even the playing field and say, hey, if there's if you've got talent and you're driven, we're doing the same thing for the women. And so that's when that's when we and, and it was planned that way that, you know, yes, we have to get the men. OK, <clears throat> but once we've broadened our horizons as far as repertory, well, then let's add let's add the women uh, scholarship for the women. And so we do have that. Um, and then for the men, 
part of that that process of building the males in the in the school was about uh you know so as an example so we we got the boys in the first uh in the first cohort of of boys we got eight boys on top of the four so we were at 12 then the following year we added eight more so then we're at 20 and so we started this process but it was so funny because um as we were building that up and having the men's classes and everything like that, everyone was starting to say, Nick, your boys aren't doing X, Y, Z, or your boys were late to class or your boys were doing, you know, (laughs) doing something. And so we came together as a group and I said, Hey guys, look, you're on scholarship. I'm, I'm your, I'm your first call. If you're in trouble, if you're late, if you're anything, if you're going to be absent, I'm your first call so I can be your advocate. Yeah. Not that I'm going to come down on you, but I want to be your advocate because we're in this together and we're going to make sure and we're going to show everyone that you're deserving yes. of the scholarship. And so when we did that, we really saw a sense of responsibility and they stepped up because they didn't want other people to think that they were there just because they were a boy they were deserving of the scholarship like 15 year old little Georgia who honestly was like looking at these boys in my cohort going you don't deserve to be here right right (laughs) don't even ballet that much as me (laughs) exactly exactly like I want this more than you you know and I don't want people to think that and so that's what we would talk about a lot is that, you know, you're not in trouble. We just have to work together to make sure that everyone completely understands and has no doubt that you're deserving of this scholarship. Yeah, no, that's a, yeah, it's a good answer. I just, you know, I, it was something that that when our interview came across my desk, I thought I need to just bring this up because <laughs> it is, you know, just this sentiment sometimes of, um of that the boys get a pretty easy run in the ballet world. <laughs> they, and they do, you know, and I have to say is that, um, you know, I've been, I've taught at other schools where if you're a boy, you're just fully scholarshiped. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, you know, you, you don't have to pay a dime. Boys, boys dance for free at this school. And I don't, I don't subscribe to that. I think okay, that you need to be mm. yeah, you, you, you need to be deserving and you need to understand the responsibility that that comes with. Yeah. Um, so that people don't have those ideas or questions about your um, about your work ethic. Mm-hmm. And that that's one of the things that we talk about all the time, too, is that, you know, don't let people question your work ethic. You're, you're here to work and there are no free rides. You have a scholarship and you don't have to pay, but it's not a free ride. Yeah, it sounds like you have just the most incredible program over there. And um, it makes me really happy to know that you're holding the males in such a high, at such a high standard, because it's so important, because I I truly subscribe to the belief that people don't um, value what they have if they're just handed it, you know, on a silver platter. So, I mean, you just sound like an incredible role model for them. They're very lucky to have you, very fortunate. And uh, and, you know, I could see you getting very emotional earlier when you were like, I just love my job so much. And um, and that's just so lovely. Like, it's just so nice. And the boys sound like they're in very good hands and the girls. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I, 
I love it. Um, I love it. And I'm, uh, maybe this is a, a partial dad thing on me, but, um, <laughs> yeah, like the girls, the girls get a little bit of a pass for me sometimes, not necessarily, not in class, but just <laughs> because they, um, yeah, I mean, they're there, they're working hard and, you know, things, things do come a little bit easier to the boys. So, um, I'm there to advocate for the girls just as much. How many children do you have, Nicholas? Uh, I have one, one girl, um, and she's like the light of our life. Um, absolutely. She's 17 and uh junior, she just finished her junior year in high school and uh, danced for a while, but now um, she uh, plays tennis. Uh, she plays tennis for her high school team and uh, is done, doing a wonderful job, but the work ethic that she learned was from ballet. And that's where I did not mind that she, I, I love the fact that she's not a dancer. She's blazing her own path. 100%. Um, I, it's funny, this episode won't come out for quite a while now um, because I'm sort of banking episodes at the moment because I'm about to go on maternity leave. So you're my last, yeah, you're my last interview um, for quite some time now. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm having a big break, but on Friday, I'm having a baby boy. <laughs> Congratulations. So, yeah. So at the time of recording, he will well and truly be at the time of, sorry, um, releasing this episode, he'll be well and truly here. But another reason why I um, took this interview with you is because it's really interesting since letting people know that I'm having a boy. One of the first questions was, which I guess is natural as a, as a studio owner and ballet teacher, will you, and it wasn't, it wasn't, will he do ballet or like, you know, will he you know learn ballet it was will you let him do ballet isn't that interesting? oh that's an interesting question isn't that interesting and I think yeah. if I was having a girl no one would have said will you let her do ballet do you know mm -hmm. what I mean yes yeah I just was like because my husband he's more of a surfy kind of guy and I said because they were like oh he'll probably do that and I said well he can do whatever he wants to do <laughs> and if he exactly. wants to do if he wants to do ballet of course he can and yeah. it was really interesting a few dads at the studio were like will you let him do ballet and it's like of course I will if he wants to so good mm -hmm. for his posture so good for his you know all the skills we've been talking about in this interview but I just it's been a fascinating journey with having a boy coming into my life and how mm -hmm. people have related that to ballet. It's been interesting. Yeah. I, I can imagine that, you know, let him, that's the, that's the interesting part of the question is, will you allow it? And um, that's the stigma know, we're trying to break down. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's the interesting thing is that um, what I find is, well, like you said, your, your husband's more, more of a, of a, of a surfer. Well, would you ask him the same question if will you let him surf? Yeah. They yeah. would same, same yeah. yeah. Um and that that's that's interesting. But is this your uh is this your first child? Yes, this will be my one and only. <laughs> you know what? It's parenting is just the most beautiful thing. Love it, enjoy it. There are gonna be moments where you just like you're like, seriously? And it's just, it's fantastic. You're going to, you know, you, you always know that you can, um, you can love outside of yourself because you're married, you know, and you have a husband, but at the same time, there's just this, and there's, there's that next level. 
and you don't even know that it's there and when that child is born yeah I think it it hasn't hit me yet that I'm having a baby in three sleeps um yeah because I'm working right up until (laughs) so um but yes thank you so much and um I've just really enjoyed today's chat so much um me too and um yeah I think we tackled some some big questions there too which was which was good which I'm not afraid to do. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nicholas. Oh, thank you so much. And I really enjoyed this and it was wonderful to meet you. And um, yeah, if ever any day our paths can cross again, I would welcome that. (laughs) 